yes, yes, yes. Good morning, good morning. Happy Monday. Uh, welcome back to another edition episode of Raised in Pimp City. Raised in Pimp City, the title is titled that because I feel like I was born looking back at the my, my, my early childhood into life, that I was born into a um, community. I was born into an era that was raising me and my peers to be in the game. The role I just so happened to um, take on to at the early age of 16 was that of the pimp. Raised in Pimp City is not bragging or boasting about being a pimp. It is simply the title to put your mind frame in the understanding of the city that I feel I was raised in, which is known to the rest of the world as America's finest city. And if it can happen in America's finest city, what means it can't happen? What, do you, what makes you think it can't happen in all the rest of the barrios and, and, uh, and communities and wards and ghettos and hoods throughout San Diego, throughout the America? What makes you think that can't happen? Yeah, truly it can. I'm birthed out of America's finest city. At the very early age of 16, 17, this was the option that I thought was accessible to me. This was the option that I thought was the, ooh, I, I actually felt good and thought I had found an option for my life, which is extremely sad. Because now being 37 years old and blessed to make it to this age with many, many friends in the graveyard, many, many friends in the behind the, uh, prison walls, to be able to look back at my life and see that and understand that that was the feasible option for me is sad. So I work and I strive daily. I barely sleep to ensure that this next generation and the generation to come do not have to feel that that is their only option at life. Prostitution and pimping. These are not good lifestyles. These are not lifestyles that are uh, are conducing with the human being which are where they're, they're, they're not lifestyles that were supposed to be led in my opinion and once again everybody's entitled to their opinion I don't that don't mean I'm the right one and everything I say is the right thing I can only give you what I believe to be correct and to be right and you get that way through your experiences you get that way through the way you were parented through the things that that you've gone through through your life that you've learned you've been exposed to that's how you form your opinion, I believe, once again, my opinion, you know, and it's sad, some people get so, their ego gets so big that they feel they have the, either all the answers, they feel they're the right way and no one else can come into their space, I feel sorry for those people, because truly growth has stunted for them, where they cannot accept somebody outside of their belief system, outside of their way of thinking, their skin color, their sexual orientation, to think that someone else can also be a good person, can also fit into their space and potentially help them to be a better person. So what is my role in this? Like I've said in previous podcasts, how I may be new to this quote-unquote advocacy community, the human sex trafficking advocacy community how I may be a new fixture in that I am not new to the community of people that were affected by the game I have been in and around people affected by the game for over 20 years family members friends school friends I'm since a kid people I love and admire and adore women and men people whose hearts and intentions I know because I grew up with them, because I know them, 
and I speak of their experiences. I speak their voice because their voice is not at the table right now. Their voice is not heard right now. Their visuals, their images are not seen right now when you Google search human sex trafficking. The survivors that I represent don't even know that that other new advocacy community exists. So what is my role? I feel my role is to represent that underserved voice, that underserved community. My role is to make sure that their voice is at the table and not one point of view, one side is being told because how truly can you affect or help a problem if you're viewing things from one angle? Yeah, once upon a time, people thought the world, not people, a certain part of Europe said the world was round, um, was flat. They saw it from one angle. They thought they'd fall off the edge of the earth because they saw it from one angle. Little did they know now nah, the, the world is round. There's human beings all over this world inhabited in all different kinds of situations and places with different experiences and different opinions different points of view but the cockiness within some people will make them think that their way is the way putting themselves on the side of God you are not God you cannot tell another human being what their position is ego you cannot tell another human being what they can and cannot do as if you have authority over all ego I understand some people speak out of pain, out of their own situations that they came up in and why they have this. So they have um, untreated illnesses. So I can only pray and wish that you get treatment and, and recover because I, I would hate to live a life where I had stuff that just kept me down inside past stuff that kept me down. I feel sorry for you. I love you. And I wish you could get over and, and not get over but recover because I know a lot of people in these situations have had damage done to them. Let me stop speaking in code. My role and my position in this in this advocacy, I'm here to help. I've reached out to many, many people and that is simply what I'm here for. I'm here to help you. If you want my help, you may not. Either way, I represent a community that was affected by pimping and prostitution in, in a major way. I'm a I, I represent them. I'm connected to them locally here in San Diego, but there's communities like this in San Diego that this that this epidemic affected across the nation. I'm speaking for them. I would love to be the bridge for them to this advocacy community because neither which are know the other exists or they do and they're just not bringing them together. And what, the, what I noticed, too, is as I'm speaking with a lot of my homegirls that was in the game, that I have, I've told about this uh, fight to end human sex trafficking, as it's called. As I've talked to them, and they say, they've and I've even bring them, brought a couple around, and they say, I, I would these people would never even be able to reach me. We're speaking a whole different language. They're talking about something that wasn't me. I don't identify with that. That's what I hear. So, um... Let me be the bridge because I know the help is out there and there's some quality programs out there. There's some quality help out there and it's getting better and better by the day. The more that lived experience experts are being allowed into um, management, allowed into 
uh, you know, the table when they're coming up with the ideas and how things should be ran. So I, I witnessed things are getting better. But as of now, I'm the voice and the bridge between a particular community and the advocacy realm. I'm here for advice. I'm here for information. If you are in the human sex trafficking advocacy community and you need help and you want to know the perspective of a former pimp. I've heard recently that they someone had said that a former pimp should not be able to help um, survivors of human sex trafficking if they have not themselves been a victim. So <laughs> at first, I, you know, my, my voice is here to help anybody affected by anything that I've been witness to and have experience with. And it made me think about preachers, especially in particular, um, black preachers, some that were born in around the seven that were, you know, active in the seventies at when they, before they were preachers, do you know how many former pimps I know that became preachers that became bishops that became a clergy of some sort. And they, when they're up there on the pool pit, when they're out there in their community and running their congregation, they're not, they're not just secluding, oh, I can only help people like me. No, they helping all people that are survivors of human sex trafficking, people that are survivors of drug addiction, child abuse. They're helping all. That is their job. So in a way, I consider myself, I'm a street preacher. I'm a hood reverend. I just don't have walls and consider myself a church, but I'm constantly out here preaching and helping those in need. WWJD, what would Jesus do? So I'm here as an ally. I'm coming out. You do not have to deal with me. You do not. It's okay. I left it totally open that you can you can reach me via text message. You don't ever have to look at my face. I'm here to help. I don't charge people. I don't charge you for help. Yeah, I will charge if an organization wants me to come and speak and do a training. Yeah, I will charge. But if my high school comes and wants me to go talk, my old high school calls me and wants me to come talk to some kids at risk. I ain't no bill for that. I'm there for free. When it's time to go to court to advocate advocate for, for people that um, are in trouble with the law, that may need help, that may just be misguided, I'm there for them. I take out of my time for that. When it's teaching a class or helping helping somebody that may not have the funds, bringing food to a family, I'm there for that. But I don't, hey, let my work speak for itself. My role in this is to be a help and a bridge to um, to the human sex trafficking advocacy community. That's my role, and I'm here for it. Please call me. You choose not to. You choose not to. It's okay. I'm going to continue to do my work because I, I have found my purpose. I have found my purpose. Okay, I'm happy as hell. I'm the happiest and loneliest I ever been in my life. All my friends may be gone, but they live within me now. And my job and my duty is to make sure they did not die in vain. Make sure my homegirls that strung out right now on drugs have somebody they can reach out to and I can help them because I know they were damaged by the game. That's my job now. Now that my eyes are open, they weren't always open. I have not always been a good person. I have not. I'll forever be working on improving uh, myself and to be a better person for others. So yeah, my role is call me the bridge. I'm here to bridge. I'm here to bridge. Uh, you know, the community to the community. I don't even know that there is a human sex trafficking advocacy advocacy community. I'm here as a bridge for you 
that can't reach that population. Advocates, I'm here to um, to help you where you may need help. People be having questions and have no one to answer. You got to go into your prisons to do your pimp research. And that information is so tainted. And we take that, we put that on billboards and run numbers with it, and it's, it's falsified. So, yeah, uh, this movement. What is a movement that's stagnant? What is a movement if it's not moving past awareness? What is a movement if there's no bodies, no lives being moved, being changed? I'm a part of that. I'm a part of the movement. I'm a part of the blood that's rolling through the bodies of the people and the minds that are changing and shifting. I see it in my communities daily. We had the Martin Luther King Day uh, festival, community festival on Saturday that just passed. And I found myself among at least 40 different individuals that I've known for almost my entire life, males and females, former pimps, former prostitutes, former gang members. You know, former drug dealers, I'm, I'm amongst them and watching and looking and loving the level of respect that, that I have earned and knowing that my my presence and the work that I'm doing and not just me, but the work that I've been blessed to be able to do through um, the co- collaboration of other partners and starting Paving Great Futures, showing the people in the community that I'm here to serve that life can be better and you can live legit and you can still be cool you can still be you um you know you don't have to be a square or a nerd you can you can you can be a good person you can do good for your community you can give back you can help the children and still be right here and they've seen it i'm watching them as they grow they don't even have to come be a part of my organization i see them growing i see the growth in them taking care of their kids changing the the mind state of the youngsters that's growing up so they don't have to go through uh, they don't have to come up and and become feel like their only option is pimping or prostitution that's the work that's called a movement when you're actually physically uh um seeing the change i can actually say i'm seeing the change within a demographic within a community that has been no change for decades I am proud to be alive right now. This is one of the greatest eras ever to be alive right now. There is so much change happening across the board. Evil is being put out there, visible, where it's been able to hide for so long. I am thankful for the big awareness push. Although I believe it's time to work on solutions and focus on solutions, I am very proud and I'm glad and I thank all the advocates that are out there pushing awareness. Because for so long they weren't aware. This isn't a huge epidemic right now when it comes to the community I represent. It was a huge epidemic 10, 15 years ago, but the awareness wasn't there. The care wasn't there by law enforcement. They knew. They didn't care. It wasn't a major ticket item for them. If you weren't a gang member or selling drugs, they didn't care what you were doing with the girls. So I'm glad this awareness is out here now. Now that we got to gain control before we have another war on drugs as we are looking at this war on sex trafficking. That's a whole nother podcast. But the movement without a movement without movement is death. It's time to move. We can work together. We have to work together. 
how can we really accomplish a bigger fight as this uh, ending human sex trafficking? As I like to say, it's ending poverty. How can we end this if we do not work together? Time and time again, I point to that football team. You know, it's just like having a football team, having a whole football organization. Not one role is more important than the other. They all need each other to get the work done. You need the players on the field. You need the players. You need the uh, backup players. You need the water boy. You need the cheerleaders. You need the coach. You need the owner of the team. You need the fans. Every position on that football team is critical for the success of the game. We have to work together. I'm offering myself. I'm, I'm here. And if you check my resume, check my background, I have never denied anybody the opportunity to help out without asking for shit. So, man, so can a former can a former pimp be in this community? Can a former pimp be allowed to help? Yes, he can. Should he? I don't personally I don't see why not. Once again, that's my opinion. I don't see why not. I in my opinion, I believe that we will need everybody to address this issue. And like I said earlier, that's why I have uh, just looking at looking at something from one side is like having a table with one leg. How can you have a table with one leg? Go ahead, have a table with one leg. Got a belly bar. A table that was intended for four legs. Say those legs are advocacy, survivors, former or Johns, former Johns, and pimps. Former pimps. I think that's kind of like a well-rounded minds to be able to fix the problem. Start taking away those legs. You know what's going to happen to that table? Have advocates and just survivors alone on that table. <laughs> You're going to have a one-sided table and everything going to fall off. But you have people willing to come help. Let those people come help you. If their intentions, if my, if my intentions are of malice and are foul and are incorrect, that's going to air. That's going to surface. You'll see. You'll know. You know, all evil comes to light. I don't care how long someone hides it, camouflages it, evil will come to light. So, yeah, my opinion, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I believe, not, if it's not me as the individual, the, the perspective of a former pimp, trafficker, I think is invaluable to the, to the movement. I think it's needed in the movement. But, you know, like my last podcast or one before that opinions like assholes. So, um, you know, I, but just thinking about this. Thing. Thank you to all the advocates out there that all the excuse me, not just advocates. More particularly, thank you to the survivor leaders across America that have been reaching out to me. I thank you for your support. I know some people may be staring up some uh, mischief. And uh, although I don't know how important they believe time is, but time is very precious. 
But I want to thank all those that came out and were supporting and, and have been messaging me. I thank you very, very dearly for accepting me into your fold. Um, time is precious. Every second counts. I just three, what was it? Last week, early last week, I just lost another young, young friend of mine that I have watched grow up, you know, from a distance, but I've watched him grow up. His name is Bradley. He was just shot in the head two times in an um, altercation at a party. A young man will never get to see life again. His parents, his family will never get to hug him again, touch him again. A feeling that I have learned to, to accept over the years as I've lost so many of my close loved ones. Again, happening now. Dealing with the families that I might not be directly involved in this young man's life, but they're calling me to, who do we who do we set this funeral up with? Do you have a number, Armand? Homies calling me when they're at the hospital over his bedside, like, or by him, like he's in critical condition, he's going to die. Calling me to be a voice of reason, compassion, and helping them. More and more, I'm sitting here, I can't even cry anymore because my tears have been dried the fuck up. Thinking, damn, what is going to get people to realize how precious life is? How precious every moment, every second that you're blessed to be able to live and breathe in. So time is precious. Time is valuable. More valuable than money. I can lose $100 today and make that $100 back tomorrow. But try to get back yesterday. Try and buy back yesterday. Try and bring back last month. Don't worry. I'll wait. It's impossible. So time is not money time is more valuable so before I close out on this it's going to be a short one today I got to get back out here got, I've got two programs launching one this month, one next month our prevention youth program dealing with this new term toxic masculinity we'll be in there actually applying solutions at one of the worst middle schools in San Diego County that's where we're going to be because my time, rather than posting about it, rather than talking about the problem of toxic masculinity and boy and arresting people later on in life and giving them a hundred years for being a pimp, is getting to them before they even feel that is an option for their life. Prevent this young person from ever feeling like that's all they could do with their life. That's where I'm gonna apply my time because time is precious. And every second that you are not applying your time and energy towards solutions, you can apply in a, your energy and time into bringing somebody down. You want to apply your energy and time to composing funky-ass letters, petitions, to get somebody out of your mix that's just trying to help you. What is wrong with you? Time is precious. 
for every second it takes for you to compose some bullshit. For every second it takes for you to get involved in some bullshit. Take them minutes, take them seconds, and remember who you are out here to help. There are people literally dying right now. There are people literally contemplating suicide right now and committing suicide right now. Rest in peace, Ryan Bowers. Just took his life, young man, just took his life two weeks ago. This is happening now. Time is precious. Think about what you're doing and where you're putting yourself, where you apply your energy. Talking to you. What are you going to do with the time, the minutes, the seconds that you are blessed to be here alive on this earth? Advocates, dear advocates, is your energy and time applied towards helping, towards finding solutions, towards helping a life have a better life, a human being outside of you? Something woke you up to this. Something got you involved in in, in, in uh, the advocacy community, the human sex trafficking advocacy community. Be it a documentary, a speech, you becoming aware of this situation going on, something got you involved. Be it you're a survivor yourself, something got you involved in this work. Apply your time correctly. Apply your time where it's going to be the best benefit towards the lives I know you want to save. Don't apply your energy towards tearing nobody down. Don't feel threatened. Please don't. And get your ego in check. Time is valuable. I can't stress that enough. Tomorrow, they say, what, tomorrow's not promised? Tonight ain't promised. Tonight ain't promised. I'm on the road right now. Anything can happen. Time is valuable. How are you spending your seconds? How are you spending your day? Are you working on building your building? Are you doing construction on your building? Or are you trying to deconstruct somebody else's building so your building stands taller? Huh? Yeah. Work on building you. None of us are correct. None of us are perfect. But you can be. You can strive for perfection as we should be. As human beings should be. Don't just take that line, nobody's perfect and accept it. No, 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 no. Strive for perfection. Strive to be the best human being that you can while God has blessed you with time on this earth. And don't stop working on it. You know? One for your brother, one for your sister, what you want for yourself. Love thy neighbor as you love thyself. Everybody wants forgiveness but find it so hard to forgive. Everybody wants people to forget about their past. But as soon as somebody else's past contradicts their past or something that they have a problem with, then all of a sudden the forgiveness is out the window and you got to go sit in the back of the bus. I can't be a leader. Who are you? Who gave you the authority to tell another human being what they can and can't do? Isn't that what you, they, you were claiming people did to you? Huh? How dare you? Who are you? Man, God bless you. I feel sorry for you. Realize how precious time is. We have to. I have two life insurance policies on my name right now. As I should. 
all of my friends are dead. Yes, yes, yes. Good morning, good morning. Happy Monday. Uh, Welcome back to another edition, episode of Raised in Pimp City. Raised in Pimp City, the title is titled that because I feel like I was born, looking back at the, my, my, my early childhood into life, that I was born into a um, community. I was born into an era that was raising me and my peers to be in the game. The role I just so happened to um, take on to at the early age of 16 was that of the pimp. Raised in Pimp City is not bragging or boasting about being a pimp. It is simply the title to put your mind frame in the understanding of the city that I feel I was raised in, which is known to the rest of the world as America's finest city. And if it can happen in America's finest city, what means it can't happen? What do you, what makes you think it can't happen in all the rest of the barrios and and, uh, and communities and wards and ghettos and hoods throughout San Diego, throughout the America? What makes you think that can't happen? Yeah, truly it can. I'm birthed out of America's finest city. At the very early age of 16, 17, this was the option that I thought was accessible to me. This was the option that I thought was the, ooh, I, I actually felt good and thought I had found an option for my life, which is extremely sad. Because now being 37 years old and blessed to make it to this age with many, many friends in the graveyard, many, many friends in the behind uh, prison walls, to be able to look back at my life and see that and understand that that was the feasible option for me is sad. So I work and I strive daily. I barely sleep to ensure that this next generation and the generation to come do not have to feel that that is their only option at life. Prostitution and pimping. These are not good lifestyles. These are not lifestyles that are uh, are conducing with the human being which are where they're, they're, they're not lifestyles that were supposed to be led in my opinion and once again everybody's entitled to their opinion I don't that don't mean I'm the right one and everything I say is the right thing I can only give you what I believe to be correct and to be right and you get that way through your experiences you get that way through the way you were parented through the things that that you've gone through through your life that you've learned you've been exposed to that's how you form your opinion i believe once again my opinion you know and it's sad some people get so their ego gets so big that they feel they have the either all the answers they feel they're the right way and no one else can come into their space i feel sorry for those people because truly growth has stunted for them where they cannot accept somebody outside of their belief system, outside of their way of thinking, their skin color, their sexual orientation, to think that someone else can also be a good person, can also fit into their space and potentially help them to be a better person. So what is my role in this? Like I've said in previous podcasts, how I may be new to this quote-unquote advocacy community, the human sex trafficking advocacy community how i may be a new fixture in that i am not new to the community of people that were affected by the game i have been in and around people affected by the game for over 20 years 
family members, friends, school friends. I'm since a kid, people I love and admire and adore, women and men, people whose hearts and intentions I know because I grew up with them, because I know them, and I speak of their experiences. I speak their voice because their voice is not at the table right now. Their voice is not heard right now. Their visuals, their images are not seen right now when you Google search human sex trafficking. The survivors that I represent don't even know that that other new advocacy community exists. So what is my role? I feel my role is to represent that underserved voice, that underserved community. My role is to make sure that their voice is at the table and not one point of view, one side is being told because how truly can you affect or help a problem if you're viewing things from one angle? Yeah, once upon a time, people thought the world, not people, <laughs> a certain part of Europe said the world was round, um, was flat. They saw it from one angle. They thought they'd fall off the edge of the earth because they saw it from one angle. Little did they know now that the world is round. There's human beings all over this world inhabited in all different kinds of situations and places with different experiences and different opinions, different points of view. But the cockiness within some people will make them think that their way is the way putting themselves on the side of God. You are not God. You cannot tell another human being what their position is. Ego. You cannot tell another human being what they can and cannot do as if you have authority over all. Ego. I understand some people speak out of pain, out of their own situations that they came up in and why they have this. So they have um, untreated illnesses so I can only pray and wish that you get treatment and, and recover because I, I would hate to live a life where I had stuff that just kept me down inside past stuff that kept me down I feel sorry for you I love you and I wish you could get over and, and not get over but recover because I know a, a lot of people in these situations have had damage done to them let me stop speaking to code my role and my position in this in this advocacy I'm here to help I've reached out to many, many people, and that is simply what I'm here for. I'm here to help you. If you want my help, you may not. Either way, I represent a community that was affected by pimping and prostitution in, in a major way. I'm a I, I represent them. I'm connected to them. Locally here in San Diego, but there's communities like this in San Diego that this, that this epidemic affected across the nation. I'm speaking for them. I would love to be the bridge for them to this advocacy community because neither which are know the other exists or they do and they're just not bringing them together. And what the, what I noticed too is as I'm speaking with a lot of my homegirls that was in the game that have, I've told about this uh, fight to end human sex trafficking as it's called, as I've talked to them and they say, They've been I've even bring the brought a couple around and they say I, I would these people would never even be able to reach me. We're speaking a whole different language. They're talking about something that wasn't me. I don't identify with that. That's what I hear. So um, 
let me be the bridge because I know the help is out there and there's some quality programs out there. There's some quality help out there and it's getting better and better by the day. The more that lived experience experts are being allowed into um, management, allowed into um, you know the table when they're coming up with the ideas and how things should be ran. So I, I witnessed things are getting better. But as of now, I'm the voice and the bridge between a particular community and the advocacy realm. I'm here for advice. I'm here for information. If you are in the human sex trafficking advocacy community and you need help and you want to know the perspective of a former pimp. I've heard recently that they someone had said that a former pimp should not be able to help um, survivors of human sex trafficking if they have not themselves been a victim. So... <laughs> At first, I, you know, my, my voice is here to help anybody affected by anything that I've been witness to and have experience with. And it made me think about preachers, especially in particular, um, black preachers, some that were born in, around the 70s, that, that were, you know, active in the 70s at, when they, before they were preachers. Do you know how many former pimps I know that became preachers, that became bishops? that became a clergy of some sort and they when they're up there on the pulpit when they're out there in their community and running their congregation they're not they're not just secluding oh I can only help people like me no they helping all people that are survivors of human sex trafficking people that are survivors of drug addiction child abuse they're helping all that is their job so in a way, I consider myself, I'm a street preacher. I'm a hood reverend. I just don't have walls and consider myself a church. But I'm constantly out here preaching and helping those in need. WWJD, what would Jesus do? So I'm here as an ally. I'm coming out. You do not have to deal with me. You do not. It's okay. I left it totally open that you can you can reach me via text message. You don't ever have to look at my face. I'm here to help. I don't charge people. I don't charge you for help. Yeah, I will charge if an organization wants me to come and speak and do a training. Yeah, I will charge. But if my high school comes and wants me to go talk, my old high school calls me and wants me to come talk to some kids at risk. I ain't no bill for that. I'm there for free. When it's time to go to court to advocate, advocate for, for people that... Um, are in trouble with the law that may need help that may just be misguided i'm there for them i take out of my time for that when it's teaching a class or helping helping somebody that may not have the funds bringing food to a family i'm there for that but i don't hey, let my work speak for itself my role in this is to be a help and a bridge to um to the human sex trafficking advocacy community that's my role and i'm here for it please call me you choose not to you choose not to it's okay I'm going to continue to do my work because I, I have found my purpose. I have found my purpose. Okay. I'm happy as hell. I'm the happiest and loneliest I've ever been in my life. All my friends may be gone, but they live within me now. And my job and my duty is to make sure they did not die in vain. Make sure my homegirls that's strung out right now on drugs have somebody they can reach out to and I can help them because I know they were damaged by the gang. That's my job now. Now that my eyes are open, they weren't always open. I have not always been a good person. I have not. I'll forever be working on improving uh, myself and to be a better person for others.
So yeah, my role is call me the bridge. I'm here to bridge. I'm here to bridge. Uh, you know, the community to the community that don't even know that there is a human sex trafficking advocacy advocacy community. I'm here as a bridge for you that can't reach that population advocates. I'm here to um, to help you where you may need help. People be having questions and have no one to answer. You got to go into your prisons to do your pimp research. And that information is so tainted. And we take that and we put that on billboards and run numbers with it. And it's, it's falsified. So, yeah, uh, this movement. What is a movement that's stagnant? What is a movement if it's not moving past awareness? What is a movement if there's no bodies, no lives being moved, being changed? I'm a part of that. I'm a part of the movement. I'm a part of the blood that's rolling through the bodies of the people and the minds that are changing and shifting. I see it in my communities daily. We had the Martin Luther King Day uh, festival, community festival on Saturday that just passed. And I found myself among at least 40 different individuals that I've known for almost my entire life, males and females, former pimps, former prostitutes, former gang members, you know, former drug dealers. I'm, I'm amongst them and watching and looking and loving the level of respect that, that I have earned and knowing that my, my presence and the work that I'm doing and not just me, but the work that I've been blessed to be able to do through, um, the co- collaboration of other partners and starting paving great futures, showing the people in the community that I'm here to serve that life can be better and you can live legit and you can still be cool. You can still be you. Um, you know, you don't have to be a square or a nerd. You can you can you can be a good person. You can do good for your community. You can give back. You can help the children and still be right here. And they've seen it. I'm watching them as they grow. They don't even have to come be a part of my organization. I see them growing. I, I see the growth in them, taking care of their kids, changing the, the mind state of the youngsters that's growing up so they don't have to go through. Uh, they don't have to come up and, and become feel like their only option is pimping or prostitution. That's the work. That's called a movement. When you're actually physically uh, um, seeing the change. I can actually say I'm seeing the change within a demographic, within a community that has been no change for decades. I am proud to be alive right now. This is one of the greatest eras ever to be alive right now. There is so much change happening across the board. Evil is being put out there, visible, where it's been able to hide for so long. I am thankful for the big awareness push. Although I'm, I believe it's time to work on solutions and focus on solutions. I am very proud and I'm glad and I thank all the advocates that are out there pushing awareness. Because for so long they weren't aware. This isn't a huge epidemic right now when it comes to the community I represent. It was a huge epidemic 10, 15 years ago, but the awareness wasn't there. The care wasn't there by law enforcement. They knew they didn't care. It wasn't a major ticket item for them. If you weren't a gang member or selling drugs, they didn't care what you were doing with the girls. So I'm glad this awareness is out here now. Now that we got to gain control before we have another war on drugs as we are looking at this war on sex trafficking. 
that's a whole nother podcast but the movement without a movement without movement is death it's time to move we can work together we have to work together how can we really accomplish a bigger fight as this uh ending human sex trafficking as i like to say it's ending poverty how can we end this if we do not work together time and time again i point to that football team you know it's just like having a football team having a whole football organization Now, one role is more important than the other. They all need each other to get the work done. You need the players on the field. You need the players. You need the uh, backup players. You need the water boy. You need the cheerleaders. You need the coach. You need the owner of the team. You need the fans. Every position on that football team is critical for the success of the game. We have to work together. I'm offering myself. I'm, I'm here. And check my resume, check my background. I have never denied anybody the opportunity to help out without asking for shit. So, man, so can a former can a former pimp be in this community? Can a former pimp be allowed to help? Yes, he can. Should he? I don't personally. I don't see why not. Once again, that's my opinion. I don't see why not. I, in my opinion, I believe that we will need everybody to address this issue. And like I said earlier, that's why I have uh, just looking at looking at something from one side is like having a table with one leg. How can you have a table with one leg? Go ahead, have a table with one leg. Got a belly bar. A table that was intended for four legs. Say those legs are advocacy, survivors, former or Johns, former Johns, and pimps, former pimps. I think that's kind of like a well-rounded minds to be able to fix the problem. Start taking away those legs. You know what's going to happen to that table? Have advocates and just survivors alone on that table. You're going to have a one-sided table and everything going to fall off. But you have people willing to come help. Let those people come help you. If their intentions, if my if my intentions are of malice and are foul and are incorrect, that's going to air. That's going to surface. You'll see. You'll know. You know, all evil comes to light. I don't care how long someone hides it, camouflages it evil will come to light. So yeah, my opinion, definitely, definitely, uh, I, I believe, not, if it's not me as the individual, the, the perspective of a former pimp, trafficker, I think is invaluable to the, to the movement. I think it's needed in the movement. But, you know, like my last podcast or one before that opinion, it's like assholes. So, um, you know, but just thinking about this. Thank you to all the advocates out there that all the excuse me, not just advocates, more particularly. Thank you to the survivor leaders across America that have been reaching out to me. I thank you for your support. I know some people may be staring up some 
the mischief. And uh, although I don't know how important they believe time is, but time is very precious. But I want to thank all those that came out and were supporting and, and have been messaging me. I thank you very, very dearly for accepting me into your fold. Um, time is precious. Every second counts. I just three, what was it? Last week, early last week, just lost another young, young friend of mine that I have watched grow up, you know, from a distance, but I've watched him grow up. His name is Bradley. He was just shot in the head two times in an um, altercation at a party. A young man will never get to see life again. His parents, his family will never get to hug him again, touch him again. A feeling that I have learned to, to accept over the years as I've lost so many of my close loved ones. Again, happening now. Dealing with the families that I might not be directly involved in this young man's life, but they're calling me to, who do we, who do we set this funeral up with? Do you have a number on mine? homies calling me when they're at the hospital over his bedside like or by him like he's in critical condition he's gonna die calling me to be a voice of reason compassion and helping them more and more I'm sitting here I can't even cry anymore because my tears have been dried the fuck up thinking damn what is gonna get people to realize how precious life is how precious every moment every second that you're blessed to be able to live and breathe in